Would you all stand this morning as we worship together?
conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit.
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you've brought us here this morning to gather in this place to worship together as a family of faith. And God, we ask that that is what we would be able to do this morning. That through your help, your guidance, through the power of your spirit, we would be able to worship you. We would worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we, we pray that you would work in the lives of each person here. There's so many burdens on people's hearts. God, we just pray that, that God, that burden would be lifted. That you would give them comfort. You would give them peace. In the midst of a trial, God, that you would not only be with them, which we have that great assurance, God, but that they would know that you are with them. You would feel your presence. And God, you would give them hope. God, we pray that, that you would be with our nation, a nation that desperately needs healing, a nation that desperately needs guidance. God, I pray that you would help us. You would help us as your church to be a light in the darkness of our world. That you would help us as we carry out the mission that you have set before us, that we would take your message, that we would take your gospel, we would take your truth to the ends of the earth. That God, we would never stop, we would never give up, but we would be compelled by the calling that you've placed in our life to go. And God, we know that this week is no exception. That every week, every day, every moment, you've called your church to be light in the darkness, to be hope for those who are hopeless. And God, I pray that our church would be obedient to that, that we would share your good news to a world that desperately needs to hear it. God, we pray that you would be with those who are sick. We know so many around us have been sick in recent days. God, so many have, have had great needs. But God, we pray that you would, God, continue to meet those needs. Continue to provide comfort and healing. To one even who was mentioned to me this morning that's been waiting for so long for a kidney, God, and you have made that possible. We praise you for that. And God, we just praise you that in all things you're with us as your children. So we pray that you would lead and guide our hearts. That you would be with my good friend, my dear brother, as he brings the word this morning. God, that it would challenge our hearts, encourage us, and prepare us for the road ahead. God, be with us as we pray. Hear our words. God, we pray that you would answer our prayers. As we bring this request before you, not in our own strength, but this morning in the name that is above every name. The name of Christ, who gives us hope. We pray in his name, the name of Jesus this morning.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us this year. Lord, we've seen the ups and the downs of one of the craziest years, and yet you've been by our side the whole time. And Father, I just thank you for the gift of prayer that you've given to us, Lord, that we can speak to you and we can reveal our hearts to you and just come before you humbly asking you to continue to work in us and through us. Father, I pray that as Pastor Young comes and brings the message this morning that we will heed to what your word says because your word is truth and truth does not back down and truth does not diminish and truth stands firm. Father, truth is truth. No matter where you speak it, Lord, it is truth. And Father, I pray that this will be in our hearts and in our minds this morning. I pray that we will open our, our ears to what you have to tell us, Lord. And I pray that this week you will use us in a mighty way to reach our community, Lord, and just help to heal our land. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before I introduce Ed, can we go back to the last slide of that song? Is that feasible, possible? I, I wanted to get up and share something before I introduce Ed, and I put this on, uh, out online on Friday. Uh, but I feel like this, the last line of, of the song sums this up so much better than anything I said. Heart of my own heart, whatever befalls, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Amen. What a summary of where we are as the people of God this morning. There's a lot of distress in our country even this morning. People celebrating people upset, people worried, people with questions, and I think we all rightly should feel many of those emotions. But the reality is that last week is a moment, a, a part of a moment in all of the history that God has given humanity. And in light of eternity, is less than part of a piece of a moment. And we cannot lose sight of this truth that because we belong to Christ, whatever befalls, He is to remain our vision. Amen. Because, and I don't know if you picked this, Man, by having me crying up here on the front row, that's unfair. But the reality is that, that God has been in control, and I've been telling you this for weeks, and it doesn't change. And our mission and our purpose doesn't change. And as I, if you watched online, I, I, I said three things, if I can remember them, because I don't have them written in front of me like I did then there. But we need to pray for our nation in the coming days. In so many different ways, we need to pray for our nation because our nation has been heading in a bad direction for a long time. And we need to pray that God would stir the hearts of the people in our nation 
that he would, he would bring about peace in our nation. We need to, to pray compassionately toward a lot of people who have put their trust in the wrong place. They put their trust in secular leaders, much like Israel did to their kings, and their kings disappointed them. And we've done that. And friends, if you've done that, well, you're either really happy this week or really disappointed. And if you're really happy, guess what? You're going to be disappointed again. And if you're really disappointed, you're going to be tempted to do it again. And so don't. But let's pray for people who have because they don't know what to do. I saw so many people celebrating this week, and yeah, they don't realize why they're celebrating. They don't understand. They don't understand what's happening. And so let's pray for them. Let's have compassion on them. And then the last one is let's be people of truth. Friends, unless you realize it or not, the country we live in is not in this book. You've got to go through some really bad exegetical hoops to find us in here. What does that mean? That means that, that we have a word that predates everything around us and a word that will still be around if everything around us falls. And it's truth. And we need to share it to people. And so I hope if you've been overly excited this week, don't be. Friends, nobody won anything. And if you've been disappointed this week, realize that you didn't lose anything either. Because our king is the ruler of all. Amen. He's never up for election. There's not a, a split vote or a popular vote or whatever. He's just in charge. He's a sovereign. He didn't ask. He doesn't have to ask because he's in control. So hopefully maybe that will encourage you a little bit this week to keep things in perspective of where we are. With that being said, and that uh, dropped on you like that, I want to introduce a good friend of mine who's going to bring God's word this morning. Uh, some of you know him because he has, he has pastored in our area for a long time. Uh, not only has he been the pastor since uh, until recently when he retired um, from Woodlawn Baptist in Conover where he served since the 90s, uh, but also uh, was a student minister or youth pastor at Central Baptist uh, back uh, a long time ago. And um, he has been an encourager to me uh, in almost eight years that I've lived in this area and been uh, a pastor in this association. Uh, he pastored at Woodlawn, like I said, until the end of September uh, when he retired uh, from there and retired from full-time ministry, but has been preaching a lot since then and, and, and stands to preach a lot more. Ed previously served as the president of our Baptist Convention in North Carolina, um, and uh, he is married, uh, has kids. One of his sons is a pastor and so has a heart uh, for our community and a heart uh, for the gospel, and so Ed's going to come and bring God's word for us this morning. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you, and I'm trying to get untangled here and get this on right. Thank I've got it now. I'm so impressed to see these young people sitting up here at the front, and I mentioned that to them during the welcome time. It's been a long time since I've seen that, and I commend you for it. That's just a wonderful testimony. 
And Michael, thank you for the privilege to be here today to share the good news. I've heard enough bad news. I want to hear some good news. And the good news you're not going to find on CBS or NBC or ABC or CNN or even on Fox. The good news you're going to find on J-E-S-U-S because he is the good news. Can you say amen? He is the good news. Now, I want to bring a simple message today and a short message. That usually always gets an amen. <laughs> but I want you to listen carefully, because I believe God has a word for us today in His Word. And I don't want you to listen to me, I want you to listen to Him. I want you to listen to the voice of God's Spirit as He speaks to you. And I want to share just a few principles from 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is a verse that most of us are familiar with. Many of us could just say it by heart. And in this verse, we come to a point in Scripture where King Solomon has prayed and dedicated the temple to God. And after that, God begins to respond. And we see God's response here in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And I think this response is needed all over the world today. I need it in my own life. I need to hear this and understand it and be convicted by it. I think for our situation in America today, there's nothing any more appropriate than this verse. And I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about where we are spiritually as a nation. And so I want you to stand with me and turn in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. We're going to honor God's holy word and read it with me. Verse 14, chapter 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, read it with me out loud, and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank You for Your perfect Word. And we ask You to speak to us through Your Holy Spirit today and give us understanding of Your Word and bring conviction to our hearts. Father, today we ask you to draw us back to the altar. That you would renew a right spirit within us. That you would clean our hearts, O oh God. That you would help us to be more in love with you on this day than any day before than we have ever been. And Lord, we realize that if we're not, that something's wrong and, and we need to move back to the altar. And we need you to search us. And we need to take inventory of our life and look into our own heart. And God, just come clean with you and confess our sins and ask you for forgiveness. Now, Father, teach us today and bless these precious people and their pastor. And thank you for the testimony they have in Burke County and Catawba County. Bless them manifold in Jesus name and all God's people said 
Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Four things, and I want you to jot these down, because if you're like me, you won't remember them unless you write them down. And I want you to remember these things because they will help you the remainder of your life. And the first thing I notice in this verse is a surrendered will. A surrendered will. The Bible says, If my people who are called by my name shall what? Shall humble themselves. God places a premium on a surrendered will. Surrendering to God is the only way that an individual or a nation can receive God's blessing. We begin by surrendering our will to God. In fact, I want you to take your Bible and turn over to James in the New Testament. James chapter 4. And I'm going to wait on you to turn because I want you to see this with me. James, the fourth chapter. And look at what it says in verses 7 and 8. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. That word humble. Same word that we find in Chronicles. It means to be brought low. It means to surrender our will to God's will. You see, pride is the opposite of humility. Pride wants what we want. When we surrender our will, we want what God wants. Adam and Eve had the same problem that we have today. They wanted what they wanted instead of what God wanted. Now, what they wanted was a good thing. They wanted to be like God. But God wanted them to submit their will to Him. In fact, someone has said pride is the sin that turns angels to demons. And I want you to think about that word pride for a moment. P-R-I-D-E. In the middle of pride is an I. It all points back to my heart. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Is there any pride in your heart this morning as we sit in church and worship God? Is there any part of your life, any part of your heart that you're holding back from God, any part of your life that you refuse to surrender to Him? Any part of your will that you say, God, I'll go this far, but no more. Anything. Let the Spirit of God search your heart. Is there any part of your life that you're holding back, that you're failing to surrender to God? The Apostle Paul was a good example of humility. And Paul had a word that he liked to use. It was the word bondslave. He said, I am a bondslave of Jesus Christ. The word is translated from the word doulos. It is a word that is rich in meaning. It means one who has no mind of his own, one who has no will of his own, one who has no desire of his own. Paul said, I am a doulos. I am a bondslave of Jesus Christ. The only will in my heart is to do his will. The only purpose in my life is to fulfill his desire. What about you? Can you say that in your life with all honesty and integrity right now before God? Or do you need to go back to the altar this morning? What about it? 
in your life before the Lord. It's sort of like two cowboys I heard about who were having a conversation and it was time for them to go. So one said to the other, why don't we go to dinner tonight? And, and the other said, okay, I'll, I'll be glad to do that if the Lord be willing. Well, the other cowboy took offense to that because he was an atheist. And he said to the cowboy who was a believer, he said, you know, you Christians make me sick. He said, all you want to do is say, if the Lord be willing, I'll do this. If the Lord be willing, I'll do that. He said, I'm going to be at dinner tonight whether the Lord be willing or not. And he turned around and went his way. So the Christian cowboy showed up for dinner. And the atheist cowboy was late. In fact, he was real late. He'd sat there about 30 minutes waiting on him. And finally, he came straggling in and he had a big gash on the side of his head and his britches were torn and his shirt had holes in it and the christian cowboy looked at the atheist cowboy and he said what in the world happened to you and he said well i was running late so i decided to cut a call across a pasture where there was a no trespassing sign the guy that was with me said you better not do that unless the Lord is willing. And he said, that just made me mad. So I told him to shut up that I was cutting across that field whether the Lord was willing or not. And still he said, I went across that field and when I got in the middle of the field, I realized there was a big bull in that field. And that bull came chasing me to the other side of the field and I almost didn't make it. He said, I fell down three times and I finally made it over a barbed wire fence and I cut this gash in my face, and I tore up my clothes. Then the owner of the pastor that put the no trespassing sign up saw me, and he started shooting at me. And I'm limping, and I'm torn all to pieces, and that's why I'm late. His Christian friend said, where are you going after dinner? He said, I'm going home, if the Lord be willing. <laughs> I'm asking you, can you say in my life, in your life, that I have surrendered my will to the Lord and whatever the Lord wants is what I'm going to do. Wherever the Lord says for me to go is where I'm going to go. I'm going to live every moment of my life 24-7 in the will of Jesus Christ, a surrendered will. Here's the second thing I want you to see in this verse. Look at it again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Now, in the book of Isaiah, listen carefully to what the Bible says. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save. His ear is not dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that he does not hear. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, the reason so many of our prayers are not answered is simply because God cannot hear them because of unconfessed sin in our life. We have to have a clean heart when we go before the Lord to have our prayers answered. There was a woman in the first church that I served as pastor in a little place in Virginia 
and this lady had a son that she had not seen in 20 years. She did not know if he was alive or dead. And she was telling me about him one day, and her name was Ruth. I said, Ruth, I've got to ask you a question. Have you been praying that you would get some word from your son? She said, Pastor, I prayed for 20 years. Well, I knew something was wrong. Either Ruth was not saved or either there was something in her heart that was hindering her prayers. So I asked her to tell me about her salvation experience, and she did, and it was clear to me that she had been saved. So I knew that if God had not answered her prayer, then the thing that was wrong was there was something in her life that she needed to get straight so God could hear her prayer. And I said, Ruth, would you mind if I ask you a, a difficult question? She said, you can ask me anything you want to ask. And I said, I want you to think right now, and is there something in your life, maybe something from years ago, that would hinder your prayers and keep God from hearing your prayers? Is there some sin in your life, some secret sin that you've not confessed to God? She immediately began to weep. And she said, yes. And I said, Ruth, wouldn't you like to, to get that straight with the Lord today? Wouldn't you like to confess that to Him and be rid of that sin and know that you can pray with a clean heart knowing that God can hear your prayer? She said, yes. And so I just sat there and I offered to, to leave so she could do it privately. But she wanted me to stay and she sat there and she confessed this sin to God I don't even remember what it was. But she confessed it to God. And I know that day something happened. And after she did that, she had such a, a beautiful countenance. What Ruth did, she went back to the altar. And I said to her, now, now Ruth, let's, let's get on our knees and, and let's pray that God will give you some word, some word about your son. And I don't know how you pray, but I, I've been taught... To pray specifically. I mean, when I pray, that's how I pray. God can do anything. God can say yes, He can say no, He can say maybe. But if you prayed for something for 20 years and you haven't heard anything at all, you need to check up and make sure there's not something impeding the, the line to God in your heart. And so we prayed. And I asked God to let us hear some word from her son within seven days. Well, I went on about my business. Six days went by and we hadn't heard anything. It was on my heart Saturday night when I went to bed. And you know Sunday morning came and early in the morning my phone rang. And usually when that happens, I think somebody has died. And I'm getting a death call to go out. It was early in the morning. And when I picked up the phone, it was Ruth. And Ruth said, Ed, you're not going to believe who's sitting here at my house. I said, you don't have to tell me who it is. And I believe it. And I'm coming down there because I want to see him. And her son that she had not heard from for 20 years was sitting in her den. You know why? Because Ruth got her heart clean and that sin was forgiven that she had carried all those years. And Ruth could pray with a clean heart. And God heard her prayer. And God answered her prayer. 
Now, I want to ask you a question. Is there anything in your heart today? Isaiah said it is our iniquities that hide God and keep Him from hearing our prayers. Is there anything in your heart today, anything that you have carried in your heart for years maybe, that will keep God from answering that prayer? What is it? What is it? You know, as soon as I ask you that, just like that, the Holy Spirit said, it's this. You know exactly what it is. And today, I ask you to humble yourself before God with a surrendered will and go back to the altar and ask God to give you a clean heart. A clean heart. Because that's the way God wants us to live. A surrendered will and a clean heart. And number three, go back to the verse. It says, and seek my face. That's a clear vision. A clear vision. The word seek means to search. I want to try to show you exactly what this means. And I want you to turn with me for a moment over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. And this is the chapter that has within it three parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And I want you to look at what it says about the parable of the lost coin. And I'm going to give you some background on it very quickly because I think you'll begin to understand the significance of what the Bible is saying to us when it says in 2 Chronicles we're to seek His face. Look at Luke 15, verse 8. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Now listen. Here's the story of a woman, and she's looking for that coin. It's not a casual search. She's turning furniture upside down. If you read the original language there, the, the intent of that passage says that this woman is making a frantic search in her home to find this one coin. Now you would say, what's the big deal about one coin? Well, here's the big deal. In the day that Jesus lived, when a woman married a man, the man gave her something that is called a bandeau. A bandeau was a string of ten coins strung together that she would wear around her forehead like this. And when she wore those ten coins... Everybody knew that she was a married woman faithful to her husband. But if a woman was caught in the act of adultery, the man would remove one of those coins in the center and she would wear that string of coins with one coin missing so that everyone that she saw would know that this woman had committed adultery. Now do you understand why she's searching for this coin? She is seeking frantically trying to find this coin it is not a casual search it is a, a frantic search and when God says to you and me seek my face God is telling us to diligently seek him are we doing that are you seeking God like that woman sought that coin that she was missing how is your relationship with him this morning 
Has God given to you a clear vision for your life? Or could it be that you need to go back to the altar this morning? I want to finish with this. And here's the fourth thing. And if you look at our verse again in Chronicles, it says, and turn from their wicked ways. That's a crucified life. A crucified life. A.W. Tozer once said, too often we give God only the tired remnants of our time. The question for us to consider today is, are we giving God our all? Are you doing that? Are you giving God your all? That's what God wants. They were God's people in Israel. And they wandered in the desert with a half-hearted commitment to the Lord. God protected them, God fed them, God cared for them, cared for them, yet they made a mess of it. It sounds a lot like me. You see, God wants our walk with Him to be everything that it should be. So look into your heart. Do you have a surrendered will? Do you have a, a clean heart? Do you have a clear vision? And are you living a crucified life? Will you come back to the altar this morning? You see, we, we, we're too far down the road to play games with God. The Lord's coming back. And we need to be ready. We need to make sure. And folks, listen to me. I'm not trying to preach a negative sermon today to lay a guilt trip on you. I'm trying to preach the truth in love so that you can take a look at your life and see your life the way God sees your life. Do you need to go back to the altar of God this morning? I want to ask every head be bowed, every eye closed, and we're almost finished. No one looking, no one looking. If we could have, thank you, some music here. I don't want anyone looking around. I just want you to begin to pray and say, God, show me. Show me today if I need to go back to the altar. Show me today if I need to come back to you, Lord, in genuine repentance. Show me, God, what decision you want me to make today. God, you know I love you. Sometimes I blow it. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes, God, I do things I shouldn't and I think things I shouldn't. And God, I'm coming back to the altar today. I'm asking your forgiveness. I'm asking you, God, to clean my heart. I know you've saved me. But, Lord, just purify my heart and draw me closer to you than I've ever been before. Nobody looking but the pastor. And dear friend, listen. If that's the prayer of your heart, the genuine prayer of your heart, would you just lift a hand up as a testimony to God that you want to go back to the altar this morning? Who would say, God, I want to come back to the altar. Just lift it up right now. Lift it up all over the room. God bless you. Lift it up. I want to go back to the altar, dear Jesus. 
who would say, Lord, I'm, I'm so serious about this. I want to know that I'm walking as a bondservant. No will of my own. Just your will in my life. And I'm coming back to the altar. Anybody else? Just lift it up. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the altar today. Is there someone here and you have never trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior? There's never been a moment in your life when you have turned from your sin and said to Jesus, Lord, I confess you as Savior of my life. I believe you're God's Son who died on a cross for me. And right now, with the faith of a child, I give you my life. I ask you to save me. If that's the prayer of your heart this morning, would you lift your hand? Just lift it up if you'd like Jesus to come into your heart. Anybody? Anybody? Listen, friends. If you raised your hand the second time, just pray and ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask Him to come into your life and be your Savior. And He will come. He will come today and save you. I'm going to ask you today, and Pastor, you tell me if, if we're not supposed to do this because of COVID, but, and we won't, but if you'd like to come to this altar and try to social distance yourself, but if you'd like to come up here and pray this morning, maybe for yourself, maybe for a loved one, maybe for a friend, and you want to come back to the altar, friend, you just step out and come right now. Just come and pray. Now, the devil will try to talk you out of it, but the Spirit of God loves you, and God loves you. Just come. Just come and pray. Anybody want to come, you come. As we sing, you come. Stand and you come on if you want to come and pray. You come.
I just hope as you go that we would continue to seek the Lord's face and that we would humble ourselves above all else and realizing that we're not in control. And you know what? We get reminded of that all the time. And yet we still want to grasp at that control. And yet we humble ourselves before him knowing that he, the ruler of all, gave his life for us and has now called us to give our life for him. I want to pray for us as we go. Ed, thank you for coming and bringing God's word this morning. I hope that this week will be one where we will be light in the darkness, where when you see people in despair, that we'll remind them of the hope that is in Christ. When we see people put their faith in the ways of the world, that we'll gently, compassionately remind them our hope is in Christ. And we'll remind ourselves when we wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and everything seems to be falling apart, our hope is in Christ. I want to pray for us, and we'll be dismissed. I hope you have a blessed week, and I look forward to us being able to worship again next Sunday. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and peace toward us. We thank you that you love us and care for us, that you've given us abundantly more than we deserve. So, I God, I just pray that we would humble ourselves, that we would seek your face with a clean heart, that we would be surrendered completely to you. We would see you as you are, clearly understanding what is ahead, and that we would give our life for you. The life we have can never repay the life that you gave, and yet you've called us to submit our lives to you, to go on the mission before us, to share your good news with a watching world, and to see lives changed as we keep things in an eternal perspective. Lead and guide us. Use us for your kingdom this week. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.